Yo, 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 everybody. Thanks for joining us at the Work Talk podcast, the podcast where I talk to folks about their jobs, their business, their personal projects. I'm the, your host, John Solang Sang. And today I have a cartoonist, a writer, an indie comic. He has many different titles. He's also a drinker to help him write, which I felt like we'll get along just fine then because I like whiskey myself. We have here Alex. If you could tell the listeners and myself about your work. Sure. Um, I do a couple different projects right now. The main couple are a weekly webcomic called Decades of Inexperience, which I do for an online publisher called Antics Press. I do a monthly satirical comic strip called Mr. Butterchips for a literary magazine called Drunk Monkeys, which isn't as contrived as it sounds. It, it just sort of happened organically. Um, and then a friend of mine created a graphic novel series called The Guitarist, which is going to start getting serialized by Antarctic Press this July, and it'll debut at uh, Comic-Con. Oh, so you're helping out. So you, get, you just told me all these things. I'm like, whoa, my mind's getting blown. You got your own. The one you work on is a decade of uh, decades of inexperience, yeah. right? Decades of inexperience and Mr. Butterchips are the ones that I write and draw. And the yeah. other ones, it sounds like you uh, collaborate and, and work with other friends or, or, or artists yeah, on their a, projects too. Uh-huh. It's a writer friend of mine named C.W. Cook. He's done some other projects for a couple indie publishers like devils do and um a couple other places like that so we collaborated on this title and he writes it and i do the artwork for it and then we have a colorist who works with us as well but yeah it's definitely a, a far more collaborative project than the other ones mm -hmm. that i sort of squirrel away and don't let anybody touch <laughs> <laughs> and i know you have your day job and then on the side you're doing all these projects you're writing how is all of your uh work doing do you have uh, you feel like you have a pretty strong fan base. Are you still growing it? Yes, yeah, it's definitely still growing. You know, I've never done anything that was, um, you know, massively popular or, or you know, produced on a larger scale. Um, and honestly, I just in the past few years realized how much you have to produce to even start to gain a following, and just how constantly you have to manufacture material for people to even discover you. So with things like decades of inexperience and Mr. Better Chips and the guitarist and, you know, a graphic novel project that I'm writing and, you know, doing short comic stories for different literary magazines and just having things continuously come out um, is one of the ways I found that people actually started to find me on, mm -hmm. you know, Twitter and mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook and I, I absolutely loathe social media, but it's it's a necessary evil, you know, in this day and age. <laughs> and so I've I've grown accustomed to posting and being obnoxious on those social media sites because you have to, or else nobody's gonna find you. Right. Um so so yeah, I'm definitely still growing that and I have, you know, like my editor from Antics Press, where I do decades of inexperience, he's been a, a huge help. And I just got a news article on Bleeding Cool, which is a big comic site um, from a friend of mine that I had made there. So, yeah, definitely gaining some ground, which is good, but there's still a long way to go. For decades of experience, of inexperience, that's the main comic you're working on. 
Did you describe to me and the listeners what that is? Like the, yeah. the um, what's it called? What it's all I mean, about? It's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. So it's a web comic. It's it's actually in its third year now. The first two years, it was more of uh, I called it illustrated serialized flash fiction because it was a lot. It was far more prose heavy with just a couple of illustrations. And then this year, we decided to change that format into an actual comic page. Mm. Um, just to, mm -hmm. to better use the, the medium and the combination of the visuals and the words. So it's in its third year. And basically what it is, in, in my you know, opinion, in my, my, you know, the way that I was developing it, was it's me you know, in my early 30s or late 20s. And it's this road that a lot of people are on where you know, we don't necessarily have it all figured out by our 30s like our parents did. You know, the baby boomers and those older generations, you went to school, you maybe enlisted, you got a job, you had kids by the time you were 25. Basically, your life was over by the time you were, you know, 32. So, and not over. I mean, kids were, <laughs> but, but I mean, you had all yeah, no, I know what you mean. Your, your life was, you know, rolling by this time. And I'm going to be 38 this year, and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so, through the experience is kind of a way for me to process that. And, and reflect a little bit on, you know, maybe some not so clever life choices that I've made, but be able to make fun of that at the same time. And maybe people will, you know, find that reflective of their own lives. And so this the main character is Luke Carlin. And he's just, yeah, that's basically what he's doing is you know, going from day to job to day job and trying to pursue other things and finding his way in the world. And so that's, you know, I was thinking about resumes and jobs and it's always blah, 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 has 10 years, you know, uh -huh. 10 decades of mm -hmm. experience, you know? And so in my mind, it was much funnier if it was decades of inexperience because that's <laughs> more along the lines that's of clever. what I, Yeah, that's clever. I did read, read one of your uh, pieces oh, cool. where your main character is talking about the modern age of having to be on social media and working long hours. And if you're yeah. not, you're going to be isolated in this modern world. <laughs> and, and, then at, at the, and then he's talking about he's trying to use dating apps to find someone and at the right. end, like of the comic strip, he's like a skeleton, and it's yeah, <laughs> it's, it comes it's, into play regardless of it's digital or in person, right? And you know, people, it, it, I mean, I don't want to make myself sound agent, ancient, but <laughs> um, you know, we grew up; the whole digital age thing was just coming about. I certainly, you know, didn't have the internet when I was a kid, so we we grew accustomed to it as we grew older because it sort of started with our generation. But there's still a lot of the personal things that you inflect into those different, um, you know, communications, even online. But one of the great things about it, too, is, you know, I've, I've met my publishers and editors and collaborators. It's all basically been online. So that's the wonderful thing about the Internet, too, as much as I malign it and, you know, complain mm -hmm. about it. The irony. Great tool, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, yeah I wouldn't be on your podcast if it wasn't it was, for it, because you would know who the hell I was. Right, right. <laughs> it's weird how that all works out. Yeah, Technology, so it's all, yeah, it's, it's evil and good. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it is. So, that, yeah. How, how, did you get, how did you get started in, in your line of work? Uh, you know, I think, like, basically every other kid I, I drew when I was young, and I think all kids draw. And then at some point more pragmatic people realize that drawing isn't going to get them anywhere. So they stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And there are those mm -hmm. of us who are, you know, just masochistic enough or 
or you know maybe find they have a little bit of aptitude towards drawing that you just continue on with it and uh, you know find some sort of field to pursue and it could be graphic design or cartooning or you know what what have you animation uh, so I yeah, I went for the comics because that's what I read as a kid and that's what the the medium that always drew me in. Do you remember what it was like to write your first piece and be proud of it and have someone else read it and, you know, have that feeling? Because I know whenever I put stuff out there, whenever someone watches it and, you know, whether it's good feedback or, or bad feedback, that's what I feed off of. And yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what it was like for your, for your, uh, yeah, your first experience, your first moment? Recently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I hadn't done much writing until probably a couple of years ago. I always sort of fancied myself being an illustrator and, you know, being the next Mike, you know, Mike Mignola or it just, just like an illustrator in the industry and being the next rock star illustrator. And then very quickly realized that with, you know, the capacity that I have for illustration, that was never going to happen. So I wanted to maybe focus more on telling my own stories. And I took about a year and a half, two years to just focus on the writing aspect. And I did short stories and prose poems. And I wrote a horrific novel that was <laughs> terrible, but it was a great learning experience. And I focused on the prose, which is why Decades of an Experience kind of started out that way too. But I, I wrote a short story that was picked up by a literary magazine in 2016 or so. And, and I just felt that swell of pride. Somebody liked it. <laughs> You're like, I'm yeah. hot. I'm hot somebody, shit. I made it, baby. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever think that about myself, but it, it certainly felt nice to have somebody recognize, <laughs> you know, what you were doing and think it had some value to, enough to, you know, put it on their website or their publication. So how did they yeah, find it? You kept, you, you, you kept pushing content out from your Twitter and everything. And then someone randomly found it or you, did you meet the people? No, I submitted. It? Yeah. Oh, you submitted. I was submitting oh. directly to, to literary magazines at that point, and you know that's kind of how I made these connections to start doing the other features that I've been doing online and meeting other publishers and editors, and it's yeah, it's just kind of blossomed from there and branched out, and now here we are. <laughs> right. You know, I want to talk. Yeah. I I want to talk about um, this notion of the grind. I recently yeah. posted it on my Instagram story. Uh, I was posting myself finishing work and talking about me going home and doing this podcast. And right. someone told me, how could you work after work? Aren't you tired? And, I, and I, I, I responded on that Instagram story. When you love what you're doing, it doesn't really feel like work. Sure. And when I saw one of your, your tweets, you mentioned how after work, you spent five or six hours uh, layering or doing your illustration work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I could definitely tell you're you're experiencing that grind and putting in those extra hours. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a necessity if you're trying to accomplish anything. And you know, like you said, somebody asked, "Well, aren't you tired after work?" And yeah, that's an unqualified yes. Of course you are. Like you're, <laughs> you're exhausted when you get home. But like, yeah. if you have something that you're trying to do, you have an objective, you have a goal that you're working toward, it doesn't matter. And like you said, especially if it's something that you have a passion for, it doesn't make it feel as much of a slog as it could if I was coming home from work and then doing 
more work. <laughs> this isn't like two day jobs. If I was, you know, working for the county and then came home and had to do more office work, then I might hang myself. But being able to come home and, you know, focus on something that I actually enjoy, it, it, like you said, it, it sort of, it eviscerates that idea of it being a grind. Right. And you, you just are able to, to do it and you have to do it. You feel like a lot of people in the independent comic or uh, arena like you, and as you can tell, I'm not from your world, so I, I don't know all the lingo. Sure. I assume a lot of them, I think anyone in the creative field has the life where they're the day job and then they go home and then they work on their side projects. Uh, is that similar to a lot of your colleagues? Yeah, uh, you know, and especially with something like writing or comics, they aren't exactly the most lucrative uh, fields to, to get into. So most or a lot of people who are even professionals and have larger titles that fans may have heard of, a lot of them still have to have day jobs because with a lot of comics, you know, the, the, the wages that you get haven't really grown all that much since, you know, the 60s or 70s. It's pretty pathetic. Uh, the, the value that America puts on comics, which is very low. Um, but in the past few years, this the graphic novels, you know, the more slice of life stuff, moving away from the superheroes and the fantasy, mm -hmm. those have gained mm -hmm. a lot more prominence, which I think people are starting to realize that comics really do have something to say. And especially with that combination of the, you know, the words with the pictures, it's a, it's a very appealing package for somebody who maybe doesn't like superheroes or maybe doesn't even necessarily like to read. It's something they can pick up and enjoy. Right. I do right, like... So, so yeah, to answer your question, yes, I think <laughs> you know, yeah. most people, a lot of people have to have day jobs just to make ends meet. Yeah. Or one of the big secrets is if you're a comics creator and you have a significant other who makes a decent living, then you can focus uh, on Ah, there you go. There you go. So, Most people are not rolling in the dough if you're you're making comics. Yeah, but a, a easy way to make time for it is you got to find a sugar mama, and you'll you'll be set. Yeah, that's why my wife is back in school. Is it? I'm you know, hoping. Yes, nice. You're on the path. <laughs> you're on the path to doing what you love. Twenty four seven. Once you get more than fine with being a kept man. You want, you want me to be the stay home dad and take care of the babies? I have no problem with that. I, I'm fine with subverting gender roles. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take care of the babies and I can work yeah, on the things I want to do. Yeah. Fine by me. Yeah, and you do your job. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah that's that would be nice. I mean, I don't actually <laughs> think on that, but it'd be nice. She, that'd be funny. She's listening to this and she's just looking at you like, seriously? This is why <laughs> no, you no, support she, me we, going to school? We've had this conversation and I think because she, she's, you know, it, it, we're both feminists and she is very into women empowerment, which is fantastic. So if she she heard this, she would just say, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Right. We've had this conversation plenty. <laughs> She'd have a problem with it. <laughs> so I I do. So your guys' uh, work, I think it's awesome. I, I mean, I, I like comics. I had comic collections. They were superhero stuff, but sure. I also like watching slice of life kind of things and mm -hmm. into mangas. Uh, and when yeah. I read some of your stuff, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty hilarious." There's one about nice. drunken death, and you talked about how. Yeah, he thinks everyone's shitty, and yeah. he still has optimism. Yeah, that's a recurring character that's, in, in that's, decades of experience, for sure. That's pretty cool. And that, that's kind of his character. Is, you know, he's, or I don't even necessarily uh, prescribe a specific gender to it. It's, it's death, so it's probably genderless. <laughs> but it's this character who 
that's their sole purpose is to take lives mm -hmm. and to be able to stay optimistic through that that being your role in life i think is is an, you know noble and kind of entertaining thing so it's been a fun mm -hmm. character to play with nice nice i have to cross over to mr butterchip <laughs> <laughs> uh what what do you have like do you have a goal of what you would like it to become whether it's a motion picture in the future or keeping it indie with a small loyal fan base yeah i mean i, I think a loyal fan base maybe enough to make a living would be fantastic mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's sort of lofty thinking but that'd be great i don't typically think in terms of adaptations to other mediums with my work if we could collect it as a graphic you know or uh, not as a graphic novel but as you know just a collection of the book of the pages and put that out as a book and people enjoyed it that'd be great same thing with mr butter chips i would love to collect those it's the the monthly strips and and they're very episodic so they don't necessarily have to go together kind of like decades mm -hmm. but you mm -hmm. know putting if i could put books out collections of those at some point that'd be fantastic and i have a couple of opportunities coming up with uh graphic novels so we'll see how those pan out and if i could you know be writing books for a living awesome. that'd be that'd be my, my uh, epitome awesome. of life yeah that's awesome you're keeping writing content putting the grind doing a lot of collaborating uh, oh you didn't talk about mr butter chips and what that was yeah about. that's just yeah it's a satirical comic strip so it's it's very political and sort of more social commentary far more so than decades of inexperience mm -hmm. and the the you know protagonist is a organ grinder monkey an anthropomorphic organ grinder monkey and for me the best thing about that is this he's this little curmudgeonly shit of a monkey but <laughs> the best thing about him is i can i can say things like railing against gun violence or homophobes or something like that and when it comes out of the mouth of a cartoon monkey it makes it a little more palatable and i don't think people get as angry as if it was somebody like a human character right saying, right like family guy or south park Right, exactly. So that's, <laughs> he's definitely been my vehicle, especially since the 2017 elections. He's definitely been my vehicle to mm. voice concerns mm. and yeah, far more um, social commentary and editorialized. I see. I guess. So if anyone has that same angst after the past election, read Mr. Butterchips. Oh your yeah, mind. he's got your back, man. He got he's your got back. You back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it it sounds very like a very funny concept because it's a a monkey who's tackling these larger issues but you know we go from everything to from racism to you know again homophobia you know gun violence um the way that the the government you know sort of keeps his people down i guess uh you know subverts what we can do and the power that we have so there's a lot of pretty heavy topics that are covered but again when you have it coming from a foul-mouthed monkey who chain smokes and you know yeah shotguns whiskey it's it's okay it's palatable it gets a little it gets a little funnier i always say you know if, if the world or if people in general had a bit more sense of humor the world would be a different place a better place yeah, i think absolutely Too many people with sticks up their ass <laughs> definitely <laughs> and i think that's one of the sort of under excuse me underlying themes of, of mr Butterchips. right <clears throat> kind of takes it all with a sense of humor yeah. Let me wrap up with a couple uh, last questions. Sure. If someone wants to do your kind of work, what advice would you have? 
set a schedule for yourself and stick to it. It's it's very easy. And not just with comics, I don't think. I mean, with music or any kind of artistic endeavor, it's very easy to fall out of a rhythm and have that idea in your head where, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow, I'll get to it next week. But if you want to build an audience, you have to be consistently producing. And especially if you're doing something like a web comic and something like Decades of Inexperience where we've, you know, me and Antics Press have put it out there that it's a weekly, if we start missing weeks, we're going to start losing readership because people aren't going to just wait around for you to get your ass in gear. So be consistent and be realistic about your, your, I hate to use the word talent because it's so subjective in these kind of roles, but you do have to be realistic about that. And so don't just listen, you know, if your mom tells you you're great and put your pictures up on the fridge, that doesn't mean you're a good artist. Uh, Damn it, mom, you tricked me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You made me think I had talents. Same thing happened to me for many years. <laughs> then I went to conventions and started talking to professional artists. <laughs> You're like, and damn, I have to step up my game. Yeah, yeah, you got to get outside opinions and you have to, you know, seek out professionals. And, you know, especially in like writing and comics, speaking from experience, a lot of the pros are very approachable and are happy to answer your questions. You know, you don't approach them in the guise of getting them to give you work but if you're actually reaching out and asking for legitimate advice or maybe you know a critique of your work most of the time you'll find that they're they're very willing to give their time Mm -hmm. but you also have to be ready to take their opinion because it's not always going to be what you want it to be it's always going to be great or complimentary so yeah i would say be realistic about your your ability and just be consistent and that's you know that doesn't mean success but it at least it puts you above most of the other people who just talk about doing things and never actually put pedal to the metal mm-hmm. that's awesome that's awesome you're spitting fire just there i like it nice. <laughs> <laughs> let me fire water <laughs> all right let me ask this last question because on your instagram you put your a drinker what's your favorite kind of drink oh whiskey for sure oh yeah Nice. My, I mean, I'm, huh? my buddy had got a whiskey collection, and he we were sipping different whiskeys every day. My favorite was scotch. At first, I couldn't tell the difference, and yeah. then later on, I found out. Oh, I, I really like the scotch, like a Glen Levitt. And yeah, he got so much to the point where we're like, we're literally, literally never gonna finish this. Right. <laughs> That's a good way to have it, though. Have that stockpile, and yeah, if you drink enough of them. And enough of a variety, you can definitely tell the difference. And I've actually gravitated more towards bourbon these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also broke, so buy the cheap. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever give, get you a gift, I know I'm going to get you. But the Kentucky oh. ones, there's a, I think there's one called Eagle Rare. I've never heard of it, but I will be forever grateful for a gift of whiskey. <laughs> so it'll come in the mail. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, really cool. If someone wants to get a hold of you or see your stuff, Tell us, what's your handle? What's your website? Uh, website is alexschumacherart.com, A-L-E-X-S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R-Art.com. Um, AnticsPress.com, which is where you find the new Decades of Inexperience. Decadesofinexperience.com, which is where you find the archives. Um, DrunkMonkeys.net, which is where you find Mr. Butterchips. And, um, yeah, a slew of other places like Antarctic will have the guitarist. But the two main ones are, oh, I'm on Twitter, at AJ Schumacher Art, and same uh, handle at Instagram. So I have all those places. 
it's a handful. I felt like I was listening to a spelling bee. I know you were starting <laughs> to pass out. I took a little nap. <laughs> I'll put I'll put all the links in the show notes and descriptions of everything Excellent. so people can find it. Very cool. All right, really a pleasure, listeners. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you got some insight. If you're interested in drawing, making comics, listen to Alex, put in the grind, keep putting content out there, connect with him. He sounds like uh, he's a great guy. He's very, uh, sounds like he's always willing to give advice, give some insight. So especially do if you that. buy me a drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially if you buy him a drink. You know, he'll be very helpful if that's the case. My next Indeed. guest will be a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Mike, and I've known him for a while. He works for a energy corporate company and he's an account analyst and we're going to talk about basic nine to five jobs what it's like work-life balance finding meaning in that kind of work and whatever shit we talk about so that's the next podcast once again thanks alex for alex for joining us yeah, thank everyone you. you have a good night take care